So really we do have here in Richard Dawkins mind anyway, either it's not as rare as that. And given the size of our universe, there probably are aliens out there or it's verges on impossible. In which case, whether he's going to say this or not, you would have something like guided theistic evolution or a special creation. So in a choice between God or aliens, aliens win. That's, that's what we're at. That's where we are. That's Richard Dawkins. Welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm so glad that you're here. And today we're going to be talking about atheists, aliens, flat earthers, astrology, and all kinds of other things. It's going to be a great show. Thank you for clicking. Um, I, really, I want to jump right in. And I don't know how long of an episode this is going to be. But what I want to say is um, there, perhaps you heard this said on the uh, on YouTube and in the comments section on YouTube videos. I see it literally every day that atheism is on the rise and you religious people are just going to have to get on board because uh, you're losing the young people of this generation to atheism or agnosticism or whatever. And uh, you guys are just scared. That's what's really going on. You guys are scared. That's why you do all these apologetics. That's why you look at the evidence and uh, try to tell us that you have evidence when you know you don't have evidence and all this kind of stuff. And so uh, really, I, I hate to have to do the kind of a video that I'm doing today because Obviously, that's a fallacious, it's not an argument, but it's a fallacious non-argument, right? Because the idea is that somehow this dictates truth, that, that somehow it's true because a lot of people or a lot of smart people believe it. And so it's growing very rapidly. And so what I wanted to do is today I wanted to look at some uh, strange things that really smart people, really smart atheist people uh, believe and are happy to talk about. And then I want to also look at trends on different things in the world today that are growing and trends that are growing among young people so that we can kind of put this to bed. And I want to do a little bit of an experiment here. I want us to take a look at how you might respond uh, to uh, someone who used that same argument that, hey, look, atheism is on the rise. Um, even if you don't, th even if someone, I want to be fair, I don't want a straw man here. Even if some of the people that would say, you know, atheism is on the rise and you're losing your young people, they're leaving the church, they're going to atheism, uh, even if that's not meant to say that atheism is true, what would you say to someone who said to you a similar thing about something else, like one of the issues mentioned in the title of this video that's really, really strange? What would your response be? What would your reaction be? How would, how would that impact you? And um, because here's the thing. Uh, and we're going to see this actually, and uh, some people are going to tell us this uh, in some of the material we're going to look at today. But the fact is that it, it used to be the case that whenever Christians and atheists had a debate and it was visible, like where we could watch it, you know, it was usually, uh, you know, if it was on the internet somewhere, it was some Christian philosopher or scientist uh, standing across the stage from an atheist scientist or philosopher, and they would, they both of them very credentialed, both of them realizing that if they use a lot of fallacious reasoning, if they do just a lot of chest thumping type stuff, then they're going to be, that's not good for them. That's not good for their career, uh, and it doesn't make for a compelling argument. But now as we've seen the rise of the internet and the, uh, you know, how, how ubiquitous these debates are on the internet, and we see uh, channels out there that are devoted to debates, and we have atheists and Christians just getting on and just arguing without credentials, without training in debate, without training in any of this stuff, which I think is actually very interesting, at least to some great conversations that we wouldn't get otherwise. But what it can lead to is somebody with a YouTube channel who all the, the only thing that happens there is chest thumping type stuff. Now, 
if someone is purely that, then I call that type of atheist or Christian, perhaps, a provocateur. Unfortunately, even though it would be fallacious for someone to embrace uh, embrace atheism, give up the belief in God, give up the belief in Christianity, just because of something like, well, hey, you better get on board because this is where it's going. This is where it's a rising thing. Even though that would be fallacious. Um, the fact is that can that, that level of confidence can move people, can uh, uh, you know sort of confirm people who are leaning toward atheism in that position of atheism, and it can also tend to rattle some people who are experiencing doubt, but who are Christians or something. So um, those things uh, you know probably wouldn't come up in very many academic debates, but they do come up on YouTube, and we're on YouTube right now, so uh, we need to confront it, even though that means this won't be maybe the most technical video that I've ever made. But basically, I want to I want to show you what's wrong with that thinking. Remember, I'm not strawmanning you. There are atheists who have said to me, it's true because, and there are atheists who have said to me, not that it's true, but uh, just kind of as, I don't know why, just, hey, it's on the rise, so... Uh, you guys, you know, that's why you're doing this. Or I don't know what this, what the reason is for, for bringing that up, honestly, because I don't really think in those terms. The only time I think about the numbers is when I think about what should be, uh, how the church should respond. And that's what I think I'm doing in a video like this. Uh, but, but I realize that not everyone who mentions that is using that as an argument. Nevertheless, what we're going to do is look at some of the, the, you know, some of the other views that are on the rise. And then we're going to try to say, okay, so... Um, what is it? How would you respond to statements like that? So let's go ahead and uh, begin to take a look while I silence things that I should have silenced already. And let's take a look at um, some material here. Okay, so as you're well aware, the belief in extraterrestrial life is on the rise. Here we see that... Uh, uh, you can't see the entire thing in the window here. Um, this is from Vice News, and there's Stephen Hawking being abducted by aliens. How the increasing belief in extraterrestrials inspires our real world. According to research by psychologists, belief in non-human intelligence is increasing in unprecedented ways, and many contemporary technopreneurs are being inspired in their work by it. So uh, we know, I didn't even have to point it out to you, you already know that this belief in extraterrestrials is on the rise. It's a huge number of people that believe that, that we have already, that they walk among us, or at least that there's some there's some of these UFOs and some of these you know testimonials are, are talking about something real. The belief is growing. It's on the rise. Uh, that's a really weird uh, view. So what if I told you, if you didn't believe in aliens, well, you better just get on board because guess what? Uh, the belief in aliens is on the rise. And there's a lot of young people today who are believing in aliens. Is that going to convince you? Uh, how would you respond to something like that? Well, you might respond by saying something like, well, okay, but I'm interested not in what a bunch of people out in a desert somewhere uh, near Area 51 have to say about it. I'm interested in what the scientists have to say about it. I'm interested in what uh, these professional thinkers <laughs> and researchers have to say about it. Well, that's great. Let's go to an atheist uh, scientist. Uh, here we have Lawrence Krauss. Let's see what he has to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm willing to believe that even if it's really rare, there's still a lot of intelligent life in the galaxy. Well, what that brings up is 
Fermi's paradox. If you have all this time, billions of years in universal history, and you have billions of stars in our galaxy and hundreds of billions of galaxies, and now we know planets around maybe oh, many stars. Most stars, we think. Have planets. Where are the aliens? Okay. Well, we live in a random corner in the far edge of the Milky Way galaxy. Fermi's paradox is that, well, look, if life evolved, it would basically colonize the galaxy and you could calculate it would send out robots or, or parts of civilization to four other planets that would then send to four and, other planets. And, and if you Everything would grow exponentially. It's not a bad logic, but I don't think it's inevitable. It's just as plausible to me that civilizations will exist where they are until they exhaust all the resources where they are. All right, so here we have an atheist scientist saying... But I'm willing to believe that even if it's really rare, there's still a lot of intelligent life in the galaxy. Well, and the reason that uh, they haven't gotten here yet is because perhaps they don't have any desire to colonize like that. Maybe they just, or maybe they can't. Maybe they just stay where they are and die out. Maybe that's why we haven't heard from them. And maybe he's right. But the point about it is, here you have an atheist scientist who has been an outspoken proponent of the atheistic position uh, saying, yeah, aliens. Uh, in lots of intelligent life. And if you don't think that's good enough, here's another one. Here's another atheist scientist, perhaps the most famous atheist in the world, Richard Dawkins. It looks as though the number of planets um, that might be available for life to evolve is more than 10 to the 20. It's a very, very, very large number, which means that in order to believe that we are alone, you've got to believe that something extremely unique happened on this planet. You've got to believe that the probability of life arising on a planet, on a randomly chosen planet, is stupefyingly low. And if you want to believe we are alone in the universe, that means that because the probability of life arising on any planet is so low, we're pretty much wasting our time even talking about how it might have arisen on this planet. We know that it Okay, okay, so uh, we're going to finish what he's saying here, but okay, so first of all, I want you to notice something. So he's saying basically, um, if, 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 if we're the only ones, then that means that it is so unlikely, so implausible um, that we're wasting our time even trying to figure it out or whatever, right? Um, and, and so he's got two options here. First of all, this is not an issue about evolution. Now, uh, there are Christians who are theistic evolutionists. Uh, there are a lot of Christians who don't believe in evolution, but that's irrelevant to the point that we're making right now. Basically, if it's that vanishingly small, the probability that it would happen, that we're the only place in the universe where it did happen. Now, we don't know that, right? We don't know. But if it is, basically, you've got two, you've got two options here. Either you can, you can agree that the abiogenesis that we haven't been able to figure out uh, that it really is vanishingly small, the possibility that this would happen, um, and then maybe go with something like theistic evolution or special creation and say, so uh, it seems like this was guided by God or intended by God in some way. Or you can say, it's not that unusual. It's probably happening out there a whole lot. Therefore, aliens, right? <laughs> so there must be aliens. Let's continue what he has to say. But if it did arise once, we, we need to know it did arise once and the place that arose was here. So if we are unique, then any chemist who tries to do experiments in the lab, trying to sort of replicate the process by which life arose, is wasting his time. Because the, 
the theory we're looking for has to be not a plausible theory, but a, but a highly, highly implausible theory, so implausible that it verges on impossible. Well, I don't believe that for a moment, but I just throw that out as a challenge to anybody who wants to believe that we are alone in the universe. Uh, okay, okay. Now, now notice what he's just said. He's just said that, first of all, I don't, I don't know why he, why he would go about it this way, but, but he's saying if it's that rare, if it's if it's it's not a plausible thing, it's so implausible that it verges on impossible, right? <laughs> so really, we do have here in Richard Dawkins' mind, anyway, either it's not as rare as that, and given the size of our universe, there probably are aliens out there, or uh, it's 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 verges on impossible. In which case, whether he's going to say this or not you would have something like guided theistic evolution or uh, special creation. So in a choice between God or aliens, aliens win. That's, that's what we're at. That's where we are. That's Richard Dawkins. Why? Because of a commitment to naturalism. Now, this brings us to the second thing that he says. He says, I I'm not willing to believe that. I, I can't believe it. Why can't you believe that? Why are you unwilling to believe that it's that rare, that unusual? Uh, because if it was that rare and that unusual, that you know, I mean, I guess you could still try to handle it naturalistically, but I mean, probably most atheists that don't believe in aliens do think that's the case. But the thing about it is that is really hospitable to this guided theistic evolution or special creation. And Dawkins just won't allow himself to go there because that goes against his worldview. So this really does get back, I think. Uh, and there's a little bit of reading between the lines. I'll admit that. But this does get back to a philosophical uh, situation here. Um, since I don't think it was all that improbable, I don't think chemists are wasting their time working on the problem, that means that I'm committed to the view that, there, that there's lots of life in the universe. But now you hear that? He's committed to the view that there's lots of life in the universe. Still, even if there's lots of life, even if, say, a billion separate origins of life have taken place, there are a billion separate life forms dotted around the universe, that's still incredibly rare because a billion is only 10 to the 9, we're talking about 10 to the 22. That's still incredibly rare, so rare that any one of those planets harboring life will be so far from any other that they'll probably never know about it, which is rather a, a, a sad thought. Yeah, they'll probably never know about it, which of course means if they'll probably never know about it, he's talking about not just some you know, bacteria or something, he's talking about uh, intelligent life that could know and probably won't know, right? So uh, it's just interesting here. I, I just thought, I think that's important to note. Uh, but you know, you, so you got two scientists here talking about, um, oh, and by the way, in this very interview that we're looking at with Lawrence Krauss, in fact, let's go back to that for just a second, because I want you to hear what he has to say at the beginning of this that is also very hospitable to uh, something like theistic evolution or special creation. As Carl Sagan said, if we're alone, it's an awful waste of space. But at some point, the question comes down to an interesting question of, of how rare is intelligence? I mean, it could be, and I happen to believe that since all the conditions for life exist elsewhere in the galaxy, water, organic materials, light, all of that, that life is ubiquitous. But the key question is, is intelligence an evolutionary imperative? Do all roots of evolution lead to intelligence? And on, on Earth they did. Well, at least one root did. And, it, and where it goes from here we won't know. 
But that happened by a series of evolutionary accidents. Is that a contradiction? Either evolution through its imperative causes intelligent life, or it's an accident. It can't be both. Is well, it, if it's an imperative, well, I mean, that sounds like theistic evolution. Well, by imperative, I mean that all roads lead there, regardless of how random they are. Wow, that's a powerful comment. I don't know. I mean, I think all streams will go downhill, but I don't think they're being guided, uh, 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 other than by the force of gravity. And so there are, are there physical laws that inevitably cause intelligence to be selected naturally uh, in a way that allows, inevitably, if you have lots of different life forms, the intelligent life form will eventually come and dominate the planet, ruin the atmosphere, build huge cities, etc. I know a whole bunch of theologians who could not have said that better. Yeah. Right. Well, that doesn't say much. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, and then that picks up where we were before. But so you see here that um, you you ha you're put in this awkward spot. This this is why the aliens. I think this is why the multiverse, because you have to somehow uh, you, you somehow. In the case of the aliens, you have to say, it's not that hard, really. I mean, it's still really rare, Dawkins says, but but it's not that hard, even though we have absolutely no idea. And people have to just trust, well, naturalism will explain it for us one day, right? Uh, uh, naturalism of the gaps one day, right? But, but um, it, it's, you know, it, it probably happens all over the universe, you know, it's still rare, but, but not, you know, everywhere. Uh, but not too hard that it could happen. So I, otherwise, we're wasting our time, you know. And then you have this guy saying, eh, maybe it is just the case that it's an imperative, like it's going to happen. Uh, it's like water going down. Well, is it really like water going downhill because of gravity? N no, it is not. <laughs> it's incredibly complex, way more complex than that. Um, so much so that Dawkins seems to indicate that, you know, if it only happened here, it's like uh, it's it's like verging on impossibility that, that, that's how rare it is. So you really do have like this, this, we need to do the multiverse to extrapolate the possibilities of life emerging without guidance. And, and we have to, uh, you know, posit aliens because then that will uh, show that because that's, that will, would have to be the case if it's easy enough to get done that it could happen without guidance. Do you see how the, I hope that there are some uh, people out there who are getting this, and I'm really trying hard not to strawman anybody here, but the fact is you have to end up believing some weird stuff that you have absolutely zero evidence for if you're going to hold this naturalistic perspective. It's really interesting. But let's get back to the issue at hand. So I have some articles here. We've already seen, so the increasing in, in extraterrestrials. So I want to ask this question. This is your thought experiment. If someone said to you, let's, let's imagine you don't believe in aliens. Many of you do, uh, according to the numbers. But someone says to you, well, hey, look, you know what? Um, uh, you better get on board because uh, it's a growing trend. Like I hear about atheism. What are you going to say? What you're probably going to say is, I, I'm okay, great. Uh, that's fine for other people. I want to know what the evidence is. I want to see the evidence. Show me the evidence. Make your case, right? Right. And if, some, if, if someone tells me atheism is, is on the rise, what do you think I'm going to say? I'm going to say exactly the same thing. I'm going to say, I don't, the numbers aren't as important to me, except in terms of practical ministry. What I'm interested in in terms of my own beliefs is what's the evidence I have good evidence that God does exist. And I'm not putting the burden on you and saying an atheist has to give me evidence or prove that God does not exist. If they're a hard atheist, they do have to do that uh, because they share a burden of proof if they're saying that God does not exist. But if they're an atheist that lacks a belief in God, 
Uh, I'm not putting the burden of proof on you. I'm just saying when you're talking to me about numbers, I'm talking to you about evidence. I want to know what the evidence is, not how many people believe this or that. Right. That's really important. Uh, also, when we're talking about uh, this issue of aliens, there's a really great, uh, interesting article here uh, from The New York Times. Uh, this is um, let's see. Uh, don't believe in God. Maybe you'll try UFOs. And what we find here is. Uh, yeah. An emerging body of research supports the thesis that these interested in non-traditional supernatural and paranormal phenomenon are driven by the same cognitive processes and motives that inspire religion. For instance, my colleagues, now get this, my colleagues and I recently published a series of studies in the journal Motivation and Emotion, demonstrating that the link between low religiosity and belief in advanced alien visitors is at least partially explained by the pursuit of meaning. The less religious participants where were, we found, the less they perceived their lives as meaningful. This lack of meaning was associated with a desire to find meaning, which in turn was associated with belief in UFOs and alien visitors. So when you take religion away from people, when you, when you, uh, when you take it away and you offer them naturalism, there is a certain kind of non-religious person that is kind of religious, right? Like they're looking for some uh, meaning in life. And so they gravitate towards naturalistic things that they think can settle that issue for them. They think can give that to them. Uh, it's really, really interesting because that this thing with non-religious, like atheists and agnostics, who are now looking to some other higher power, right? Something else that is watching from above. And in fact, we'll uh, we'll get to something else on that in just a minute. Um, but uh, I, th I think it's really uh, interesting trends that we're seeing. So let's look at this article now uh, from Big Think. Uh, why are unscientific beliefs increasing among millennials? So now we've talked about aliens uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about aliens. In fact, before we begin this article, there's a video from Michael Shermer that is embedded in this article that I want us to see. Here we go. So one of my recent columns in Scientific American is uh, what was called uh, Sky Gods for Skeptics, <laughs> uh, or as I used to call it, uh, 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 you know, Aliens for uh, Atheists. Basically the idea is that um, aliens and extraterrestrials in our imagination, we haven't found any yet, so they're all in our imagination, um, are often portrayed as these almost godlike deities, you know, they're super advanced technologically, oh. scientifically, morally, you know, yeah. they've somehow overcome war and, and, and poverty and these sorts of things. And so I got to thinking about this. It's, it's very similar to the religious impulse, which is that we're not alone. There is something out there more powerful than us who knows about us and cares about us, who loves us. You know, that's the kind of deep religious impulse. We're not alone. And that's the same impulse people get when they think about extraterrestrials, even so, and, and the, the, the crux of my article in Scientific American was there was a new paper published that showed that people that have this longing, you know, so there's variation in this. Some people have more of that longing than others. Break it down. For Those us, that Sherman. have that longing but are not religious are more likely to believe extraterrestrials are out there. In other words, if you have the religious beliefs, you know, God, Jesus, Muhammad, whatever is your religion is. Uh, you don't really need the aliens, so you're, you're satisfied with that. But if you don't have that, then you're more likely 
to go for the extraterrestrial hypothesis as a viable one in the sense that it makes me feel good. Because let's face it, uh, religions have... All right, so so there you go. So we have Michael Shermer backing up what the article said. So that's very interesting, I think. It's like if you take away God, you take away the supernatural, then people will make a God for themselves, right? But it's interesting to me that, that, that it's the people that, are, that look for meaning, the people that have this stronger drive for meaning that this goes for. I think everybody has a certain sense of meaning, and I think my naturalist friends... Uh, should agree with me that that's a part of the human experience, uh, not only because it's undeniable, but also because you could explain that well enough with uh, naturalistically, right? It helps with, I guess, evolution or uh, survivability or something like that. But um, that's one way to look at it. I think another way to look at it, and the fact that it seems to always point towards something godlike, is this. Um, it's kind of like that C.S. Lewis idea that if I, if I, and I, I don't think this is a slam dunk, but it is an interesting insight that if I have this thirst, then there is something to satisfy that thirst. There's water. If I have hunger, there's food. If I have uh, sexual impulses, there's sex. There are these things that satisfy whatever the longings are that I have. It's like those longings point towards something that is there to satisfy. And in the same way, it's interesting to me that there is this longing for meaning that begins to look religious. That's Shermer's point. It begins to look very religious. That's the point of this article. So that when you have low religiosity, you remain religious or you develop a new way to have it, to find meaning, to find purpose. That is very, very interesting to me. Um, and I think it bears mentioning. But back to the point. If someone says that to you, well, you better get on board because people, people, you're losing the young people. People believe in aliens. Even really smart people and scientists believe in aliens. What are you going to say? I don't care if a physicist and a biologist and other atheists and really smart people and the growing number in the population believe in aliens. I am concerned with the evidence. Now, let's look at something else. In this, uh, where did the article go? The Big Think article. Yeah, let's bring it back. So there's Shermer again. But what is the point of this article? This That was just a video embedded. Why are unscientific beliefs increasing among millennials? We don't have to stop inquiring or wondering about the far-flung uh, vistas of reality. We just need to do it with some good old-fashioned logic. We'll aim into that. But um, what I want you to see down here is astrology is finding a growing audience among millennials. Okay, not astronomy, astrology. Uh, so so what, I, what I want you to take away from this is what if someone were to say to you, well, you better get on board with astrology because, you know, after all, uh, the young, you're losing the younger. Listen, you scientifically minded people. Listen, atheistic crowd. You're losing this generation. They are leaving your laboratories. <laughs> your, they're leaving your liberal arts institutions and they're going for astrology. What are you going to say? You're going to say, I don't care. If the growing number is leaving uh, my group for um, unscientific stuff uh, like astrology, I'm concerned with what is the evidence. So what do you think that a Christian is going to say to you when you say you better get on board because you're losing, you're losing. Uh, when you say to us Christians, you're losing the younger generations. They're, they're going for atheism. 
Uh, yeah, the, the, the people are, all kinds of groups are rising today. Uh, the belief in astrology is rising among young people. The belief in aliens is rising. Uh, the, the belief in flat earth is rising, right? Uh, and the belief in atheism is rising. Okay, well, that's interesting. And uh, groups are rising. But however you would respond to these people from these other groups saying the same thing to you, that's how we would respond probably is I don't care about that. I care about the evidence. Now, let's take a look at we're about done here. But um, here's an article. Uh, the rise of the flat earthers, right? The rise of the flat earthers. Conspiracy theories are nothing new, but the rise of flat earthers seems to have caught people's imagination. Uh, let's, let's move down the article here. Here we go. The death of the expert. Do you remember how I was telling you at the beginning of this that um, it is the case that it used to be the case that we had experts, uh, Christian experts, and atheist experts who would get on a stage and they didn't say the crazy things, right? They were reasonable. They didn't chest thump. Uh, they, I think, in fact, that the reason that Christopher Hitchens was so popular, even though his argumentation was so poor, is because he did chest thump, right? And he inspired a generation of chest thumping YouTubers. Not all atheist YouTubers are that way, but they're, they're out there, right? They definitely are out there. But now we have the death of the expert because because of the internet. Well, let's just read the article. What has changed in the last decade, however, is that the rapid growth of the internet has made it easier for conspiracy theorists to find each other, says Dr. Harry Dyer, a lecturer in education at the University of East Anglia. This is what made Heather's convention, oh, this person, Heather, flat earth stuff. Okay, but the point is, more than this, social media, Dyer explains, has had a leveling effect, meaning experts have less power than they used to. This was never clearer than when rapper B.O.B. tweeted about his belief that the flat uh, uh, that the earth is flat in 2016. The cities in the background are approximately 16 miles apart. Where is the curve? Please explain this. <laughs> right. So, the, you know, the, the, the point that I want to make with this is this is not about atheism. This is about the flat earth. Right. But the thing that's the same is we have the death of the expert and the rise of the internet. And what happened with the rise of the internet with both flat earth and, and, and with aliens and with uh, this issue uh, with atheism is that now you had people out there who were doing the chest thumping, who weren't experts and didn't care about protecting their job and being cautious that way. I'm not saying this completely explains it. Uh, there are people who leave because of the evidence. I'm not saying there isn't. I uh, have some data on that somewhere. Maybe we'll get to it. But the fact of the matter is, this is happening, is you get people out there saying these things that are compelling, but intellectually vacuous, like we're growing and you're losing this generation of young people. Okay, I'm concerned with truth. For practical ministry, I'm concerned about losing the young people. And I think it's exaggerated, but... Um, the, the, the fact is, in terms of my belief and what people should believe, I'm concerned about the evidence. What would you say to a flat earther who says, the flat earth belief is growing rapidly? What are you going to do when you start losing your young people? We've got scientists who are saying stuff. What are you going to do? What, what are you going to say to them? You're going to say, that's fantastic. I'm interested in, in what the evidence is. So the next time that you as an atheist say to a Christian um, something like, well, you better get on board because you're losing these young people. You're only an apologist because you know you have to do something because you're losing this generation. In 50 more years, we're going to be the majority or whatever it is. 
realize that a smart Christian is is hearing you and hearing that, and they're recognizing that has no bearing on truth. That has no bearing on what I should believe, right? Um, so that's just worth throwing out there. Yeah, atheism perhaps is growing. Flat earth belief is growing. The belief in aliens is growing. Uh, the belief in astrology is growing among young people. So um, think about how you would respond to those people. And you'll probably find how we'll respond to you in the future. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. It's been a little briefer than usual, but uh, thanks for showing up, and I'll see you next time on Trinity Radio.